0: Hello everybody, Common Sense Christianity here. I hope everybody's doing fantastic today. You know, I keep getting asked, what if Unitarianism is wrong and Trinitarianism is right? And it's kind of ironic because they claim that there's kind of a nagging at them or they have thoughts about what, what if they're wrong. But these thoughts are not based on Scripture, Right? These thoughts are based on emotion and we can't trust our emotions, especially when it doesn't line up with scripture. So, for instance, as a Trinitarian, people came out of the Trinity because scripture doesn't prove the Trinity and it doesn't even talk about the Trinity, right? There's no three-person God spoken of by God thousands of times, not a single time does he ever say that he's a three-person being. I mean, was God that deceptive or that bad of a communicator to not illustrate something that is out of our own reasoning that he gave us, right? God gave us reasoning and logic. So something that complex that would go against logic certainly would warrant an explanation, don't you think, from God? God could say, You know, we can't comprehend him, and we can't, but we can certainly comprehend how many persons he is, and if he's trying to tell us that he's three persons who all equal one, then it sure seems like he would say something in the Bible, you know, like, I'm three persons in one, I'm a shalosh, I'm a three-person God, um... That co-equally, co-eternally exist together as one. Something simple like that, right? It would take God hmm, 10 seconds to say something like that. I'm a plurality of, of who I am. Something like that, you know. Not the let us make man in our image. We've gone into that in our podcast. That's the heavenly court, and I'm sure of it. I mean, we don't know. I shouldn't say I know for a fact, because I don't. I don't like to do what Trinitarians do and assume, so I'm just going to say I don't know. Okay, It certainly doesn't prove a Trinity. I mean, if it said something like that, then it certainly could allude to it, but we can't create doctrine out of speculation. right? We don't know. Um, and when we look at it through a common sense perspective, the Jewish people understood this to be the heavenly court because... God created angels to be our ministering spirits, right? Ministering spirits to us. So naturally, if God is going to create man, he will involve the heavenly court. Not that the heavenly court is creating whatsoever, but they are actively involved in creation. He's conferring with them. He's letting them know, hey, we are all together in this. So when I create mankind, you're going to be involved in ministering to them, right? So let us as a collective, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Because the spirits are made in God's likeness also. They're holy, right? Um, You know, we can't get too much into the the formalities of, of what God consists of because it wouldn't make any sense. Obviously, God is a spirit, and we are physical, right? Eventually, we become spiritual, and we do have spirits, but that kind of gets away from the whole point, right? If God was a three-person being and he said, let us make man in our image, and we take what Trinitarians do when they try to come up with the analogies that we're spirit, we have a soul, and we have flesh, that doesn't work because even in Trinitarianism, Jesus wasn't in flesh at the time of creation, right? So that doesn't work. So the way I see it personally is I see God conferring with the heavenly court and he's involving the heavenly court because they are going to be involved in ministering to us, right They come down. we can see this throughout the Bible. Gabriel comes down, talks to Mary, the angels of the Lord come down and they visit lot um, and destroy Sodom and gomorrah and and the angels are literally called Yahweh, Yehovah, right yorevave that's 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 what they go by. Um, if you look at Genesis. 19, and look at the interlinear in Hebrew, it says, Yahweh rain fire from Yahweh out of heaven, okay, Trinitarians will use this and say that it's Jesus Christ, okay, they don't understand agency, and I'm not going to get into this because I've covered it in my other podcast, but my point is, God could have been very clear, okay, God could have indicated that he was three persons very easily, right, very easily. Can you imagine sending a Trinitarian that is now, that comes up with all of these amazing analogies and how God can be a plurality, and sending them back during the time of the apostles? You and I both know that the Bible would be scattered, that littered with dozens, if not hundreds of verses showing that God is a trinity. They would go out of their way to drive this point home. Now, Using common sense, don't you think if the apostles came to the same type of conclusion that Trinitarians do, they would also try to drive this point home? Because this was unknown to the Jewish world, right? This would be something so amazing, such a different revelation. It certainly would warrant an explanation, right? Or at least a discussion. But not one time in the entire Bible is it ever spoken of. Ever. Okay? Jesus said he came to make the Father known. Okay? I have made them I have made you known to them. Well, if Jesus didn't let us know that the Father was the first person of the Trinity, then Jesus failed in his mission, okay? He failed in his mission to let us know about the Father. Obviously Jesus couldn't have let us know everything about the Father, right? But common sense would dictate that part of God and who he is is how many persons he is, right? and that would be something that Jesus certainly would have spoken about. Okay? Jesus could have announced to the Jewish world in the synagogues and in the temples that their God actually consisted of three persons. Okay? This would be something so so departed from the Jewish line of thought and God worshiping that they would they would want they would if he told them this they would be up in arms or they would they would be amazed and say, how can this be, right? There would be something in the Bible that would at least allude to this, that there was some type of disagreement. Maybe one of the persons in the church or the synagogue had a disagreement with Jesus and stands up and says, you're a liar or, you know, this cannot be, you're a false teacher. The Bible is dead silent on this, okay? So, do Jesus or the apostles ever teach a triune God? No, they don't ever do the apostles or Jesus run around teaching that part of the gospel message is that Jesus is God. No, after Jesus leaves earth, the apostles continue to teach Jesus was a man that God approved of, that God did his miracles through. Okay, they understood Jesus was a man, the whole God man, Jesus was developed over the course of centuries when Caesar was made a god long before Jesus was even born so now when when the romans become christians they're having to wrestle with the fact that they have caesar a god okay now what are they going to do with jesus okay jesus obviously has to be elevated higher than caesar So they're going to elevate Jesus. And what they do is they they wrestle with this. How can it be? You know, he's divine. They don't understand a lot of these things, just like the Pharisees don't. They don't understand that Jesus was speaking of the Father. Okay? Just like Trinitarians today, they see Jesus. They see Jesus performing all these miracles, and they say, oh, he's God. But they don't look at the obvious and blaring statements of Christ. I can do nothing of my own authority. The Father that dwells in me does his works. Jesus was the body that the Lord prepared, okay? The Lord prepared a vessel for him to do his works through. Jesus emptied himself. He became like nothing. He humbled himself before God. God the Father filled Jesus bodily. God the Father's spirit filled Jesus to the rim, basically, right? In him contained all of the fullness of God, okay? So, Jesus was a reflection of who God was. He... He was a walking love letter to the world. God revealed himself in Jesus, and Jesus revealed the Father to us. It's not more difficult than that, okay? When Trinitarians say God became flesh, it's actually kind of true, you know, symbolically. Just like I say, if, you know, the words became a book, or the author's words became alive, it's not literal, right? God became quote-unquote, flesh in the flesh of Jesus Christ. Okay, God's spoken word resided in the flesh of Jesus and commanded Jesus what to say and what to speak. Now, did God literally speak through Jesus so when Jesus opened his mouth, God was speaking out of him? I don't think so. I think God put his thoughts into the mind of Jesus because his spirit was in Christ, and Jesus uttered those words. Okay? God could have easily said, I am Yodevave, and Jesus could have spoken it because Jesus is literally speaking God's words. Remember, Deuteronomy 18. I will put my words in the mouth of a prophet and he will say everything I commanded of him. So it's not any stretch of the imagination that Jesus himself could have said, I am Yodevave, I have come down from heaven. Okay? And that would have been very simple, And very easy to understand that, yes, the Spirit of God the Father is in Jesus speaking those words. Can you imagine if Jesus had said that, what the Trinitarians would use today for their God person? They would be pointing to this verse all the time. And I think the reason why Jesus didn't say this is because of the confusion that it might cause. Okay, Jesus understood that if he said this people would not understand they were speaking of the father just like the bible says they did not understand he was speaking of the father okay so what trinitarians do is they use riddles before abraham was i am and i've covered that in my other podcast it has nothing to do with existing before before abraham literally it's all figurative and they kept asking are you greater than our father abraham we touches we touch on this um so so to go back to my point is we can't go on emotion. We can't go just because a bunch of men got together and tried to iron things out on how Jesus could be God when they didn't understand what the gospel was trying to to teach them. I mean, even the people who wrote the KJV did not understand Koine Greek. It was a lost language, right? They didn't understand Koine Greek and and so a lot of this became evident later when new manuscripts were found. That were older, that had the ancient writings in them. So when they did the KJV, you could see the words unicorn instead of ox. They had a hard time putting together these words. A lot of words don't even mean the same thing. So, and, and not only that, but the Geneva Bible was along 50 years or so before the KJV, and it was outed because nobody really wanted it. You know, the, the, the Geneva Bible came over on the Mayflower. It was very popular. People were happy with it. But King James outlawed it. Okay? King James outlawed the Geneva Bible and pushed the KJV. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like the KJV, because it was maliciously created. Okay? It, had, it had malicious intent. At least King David did, I mean, or King uh, James. The people who, who put together the Bible, I'm not sure of their motives. They might have been great people. But for one thing, they didn't understand the language and they were motivated by somebody who was downright evil, in my opinion. So when we have questions like this or we have thoughts, we need to turn to Scripture. What does Scripture teach? That's what you need to stand on. Don't stand on... Well, you know these people are being blessed here, and, and it's a Trinitarian church, and I can see the spirit of God in them, or the spirit of God working through the church. I think God works through a lot of people. I mean, we can see a lot of, like even Jehovah Witness, or, or you know, but that's not necessarily God Almighty. You know, people can be filled with all kinds of things that make them feel good, but they're, not, I mean, just like when somebody is, hmm, you know, uh, has love or lust in their eyes, they can be filled with something that excites them, that rejuvenates them, that makes them feel great, right? You can follow a deception and follow a woman that's not good for you and you can feel great, but it's a deception, right? It's the same thing with the the maybe mis misinterpreting the Holy Spirit, okay? God possibly could allow a lot of these people some time to come to Unitarianism, you know, or God could look at their hearts and say, hey, these people are trying. I'm going to, I'm going to bless them. And, you know, but the fact of the matter is the Trinity keeps people from coming to truth. Can you imagine the number of Jewish people and Muslims we could reach when we push the Unitarian doctrine? You know, to me, it's a, it's a bridge. It's a bridge between all of the faiths because, It teaches God as one. It teaches Jesus as a man, and that's something that the Jewish world and the Muslims could actually believe in. Okay? They don't believe in the Trinity. They know it's false. They don't believe Jesus is God. They know that's false. It doesn't make sense. It contradicts scripture. And even the Trinitarians admit that, you know, it's just everyone you talk to tries to convince themselves that the Trinity is true. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it in the the way they talk and the verses they use they're not sure they're unsure of themselves and they're just trying to prove themselves to be right they're 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 trying to they're not out to seek truth most of them they're just trying to prove that the trinity is true using all of these riddles okay there's a reason why god and jesus never speak of it and the apostles don't because it's not biblical right so stick to what the truth is there's a reason why people come out of uh, out of trinitarianism is because the nagging thought in the back of their mind when they read the bible that there's no trinity there nobody speaks of it it doesn't make any sense and so a lot of people hang on to tradition and the bible says this you know you they're ba- they're hanging on to tradition and have have basically shunned the commandment of god they've they've pushed the commandment of god aside and followed tradition and these are traditions of men 16% of bishops showed up out of twenty four hundred or so and voted to make Jesus God. And now they have Jesus as God. Now what do you do with the verses? You know, you have to you have to come up with things. You have to squeeze them in. And you can see the increase in perversion in John 8.58 where it starts off as before Abraham was I am a little I am. And now it's uppercase big I am because they're trying to make Jesus Yodebabe. This is the perversion, first John 57, a manipulation by the Catholic Church. First Timothy three sixteen they insert the word God there. It wasn't God, it was he. Theos you know, they they put that word in there. So, and, and not only that, but God did manifest himself in flesh, in the flesh of Jesus. There's a big difference between God manifesting in flesh and God becoming flesh. What Satan does is he tries to destroy the role of the Father. Now, it's all Jesus. That's all I hear. And I'm not sick of hearing Jesus, but it really, it really bothers me that jesus is given all of this glory you hardly ever hear a trinitarian talk about the father okay it's all about christ and it gets really annoying and it gets really bothersome because that's not what jesus taught okay jesus said i seek not my own glory it's my father who glorifies me that he is your god okay it's all to glory of the god the father so when i hear this thank you jesus oh praise jesus you're my god and savior it drives me bonkers because it's not biblical okay it just it just shows you that people are not listening to Jesus. They're following a church doctrine. And most of these people are not exactly hmm, critical thinkers, I should say. A lot of them are very simple-minded people. You know, they just, oh, I'm told the Trinity, oh, okay. And they believe it, okay? They're not going, hey, something's wrong, let me dig into this. They're not, a lot of these are not intellectual people, okay? There's a study that was put out that the majority of Christians do not even read the Bible and very few of them even understand it. So when you have a Trinitarian, and the majority of Christians are Trinitarian, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the popular belief system is. Most of these people don't even understand what the Bible is talking about. I have online discussion with people that don't even understand what one means. You know, they use John 10 30 and all of these same verses, but they don't understand what they even mean. And the problem is when you have a conversation with these people and you show them what that means, that it's not what they mean, they rattle off another verse they don't put these neurons together and have them fire and go, wow, that's that's something okay. I was wrong on that. Maybe I'm wrong about the others. They just don't. They riddle off, you know, Isaiah 9:6 and all these other ones that are the same thing. So a lot of these people don't care. And that's that's deception. That's that's Satan keeping these people in deception. So the bottom line again is: Do the apostles teach Jesus as God after he departs? Not one time, okay? They certainly would have. That would have been huge, okay? They teach you as a man. Does Jesus ever teach of a three-person God? Never, ever, okay? Does God ever mention that he's a three-person God? Never, okay? I had... uh, like, 10 questions posed to Trinitarians on various forums about, you know, does God or Jesus ever speak of a Trinity and, and Jesus is God? And they could not answer. It was back to Riddleland, 9-6, Isaiah 9-6, John 10-30. The same thing. It's like they go to the Internet, they copy and paste these proof texts that prove the Trinity or that Jesus is God, and they patch together, at least try. And some of them try very valiantly, but they, it just it becomes a complete cluster, Okay. It, 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 they're trying to patch together their God like a Frankenstein, using a riddle here and a riddle there, and knitting this trinitarian riddle blanket together with with yarns of riddle. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't work. So the the simple truth is, God is one, one Akkad. He's one person. He's not three persons in one. He never mentions anything like this. And again, it's an insult to the Jewish world. To tell them that they didn't understand their own language that they didn't understand what God means, and they didn't understand that God is plural, okay, so here they are worshiping Him, it makes the Jewish people look stupid, okay the Jewish people did drop the ball on the Messiah okay I, I give them that they they I give the Trinitarians that they did reject the Messiah, but it doesn't mean they rejected God, okay Jesus said, True worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth' Because the Father is spirit and he seeks them to worship him. He didn't say that, that there's a three-person God, okay? And the lady said, I, I, I'm waiting for the Messiah to come because he knows you know, he will guide me to the truth and he will speak of these things. And Jesus said, I am he, okay? Jesus could have very easily said, I'm God himself or I'm God and the Christ, he doesn't. So if Jesus is God, we're still waiting on the Messiah because nobody believed the Messiah would be God Almighty, Okay if Jesus is God then the Messiah still has to come and be born into a woman okay we know that's not going to happen because Jesus is not God okay Jesus would have stated over and over again that he was God we wouldn't have this conversation and that's one thing that really bothers me and I'm to a point where I'm not really even probably going to engage with trinitarians that much anymore to the ones that are closed because it's a waste of time it's a spiritual thing okay those who have ears will hear you can't reach somebody when all they are going to do is try to prove themselves right. You're, you're just not going to have a good good discussion, okay? Now, people that are open to truth, you probably maybe have you, you have a chance of having a good discussion. And I've tried to uh, come at it all, all different angles. I've tried to be very aggressive, but that doesn't usually work. And I've tried to be very passive, and that usually doesn't work either. You know, they'll just say, well, I disagree, by. And and that's great, but maybe some seeds are planted. I don't know. I don't know what the secret is I think the best thing is to just maybe give them the, the, the verses and they can't answer them and then they can think about those, you know. Where does Jesus teach a three-person God? And they'll bring up Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, you know, the baptism statement. It's just silliness, okay? It's silliness. They have a belief, they're taught the belief, and then they go search for it like Waldo. Nobody ever in a thousand years if they weren't taught, the Trinity would ever believe that God was a three-person God who's co-equal and co-eternal. That's the simple truth. You drop a thousand people off on an island, you know, maybe individually, so they don't come together collectively, and maybe they're, and say they're not influenced by Satan. They're just trying to work this out by themselves, right? And try to come up with who God is. Not a single person would come up with, wow, God is a three-person being that's co-equal and co-eternal and Jesus is fully God and fully man because it's not in the Bible, okay? These these This terminology is not in the Bible. You have to be taught it. You have to be taught how to use and articulate these riddles and they become very good at it. Trinitarians become very good at using these riddles, okay? But they're lies just like James White in 1 John 5.20. They're lies. They twist these verses. So, what I've seen with Trinitarianism is it becomes a challenge for them. It becomes a challenge on how these people can show the world and show themselves and other people how good they are at putting together these riddles. Look how smart I am, everybody. I can put this riddle from here and riddle from there, and it becomes a game. Unitarianism is a lot more boring. I give you that, okay, because it's truth. You don't have a scavenger hunt every day when you wake up and you open the Bible and you're and you're possibly going to find Jesus in the OT okay you see that Jesus was a man it's simple you don't have to waste all of your time looking for things so it is less exciting but it's truth okay sometimes the lies are very exciting okay you get caught up in this mystery you get caught up in the Bible having all of these riddles and clues it's like God gave us the Bible and Jesus was sent down and he leaves us with these these puddle these puzzles that we have to put together, and we're scratching our heads and and trying to find Jesus in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord. Okay, it's madness. The angels are angels. Okay, you, what happens in Trinitarian land is words no longer mean anything. Okay, one doesn't mean one. I don't know the final hour means. That's only my human nature. Okay, I'm a man that heard from God, but He's really God that was a man twisting scripture all the time no matter where you go and 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 like I said this this podcast is common sense Christianity we look at things through common sense we don't just take a verse and go okay this is what it means we analyze it we step back and go wow okay did Jesus ever teach a trinity did Jesus ever teach that he was God to his mom not once don't you think his mother would have known you know here she is looking up at her son on the cross and he says look this is your son. He does she doesn't go, Well, you're God. That's okay, God. You're just gonna shed your flesh suit that I gave you. You know, you're just gonna return back to who you were before. You might have a little bit of pain, but you're not dying. You're not dying because you can't die. You're just flesh is gonna die. You know, the, the flesh that you acquired is just gonna you're just gonna shed your flesh. Okay, just like when you were circumcised, that's just part of your robe, robe of flesh. It 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 just it's just a, it's just a like a hologram basically, you know. He's a walking meat stick, okay, a flesh puppet. And I, and I'm not trying to be insulting to Jesus because it's false, okay. I don't care how how demonstrative I get towards the the Jesus as a Trinity because it's false, okay. It's not. It's a perversion of Scripture. It's a false Jesus. So when I make memes or whatever, and when I attack. The Trinitarian Jesus Christ. I'm attacking Satan because it's not biblical. These these people have allowed Christianity to become a complete freak show. And tr- and Muslims and Jewish people see this, and it keeps people from coming to Christ. They're not going to follow a Trinity, and and few come to Christ, sure, because they're so unhappy with their own religion. They take the lesser of the, the of the two evils, right? But it doesn't doesn't make Trinitarian. Trinitarian ism true they still struggle with the fact that they can't find the trinity okay they just hope and pray that that the collective is going to be right and you never want to follow the majority okay when has mankind ever been right about god as a collective okay so to make a long story short like i said the bible doesn't teach a trinity it doesn't teach jesus as god again i can't i can't ram this home enough the apostles would have taught both things okay the apostles were given the message by Jesus. Do the apostles teach Jesus as God? Never. Read Acts 2.22 for starters. A man approved by God that God did his miracles through. It, do they ever, ever teach a trinity? Never. Okay. So none of the gospel message to be taught to mankind is a trinity or that Jesus is God. Now, Trinitarians will make the excuse, well, you don't need to believe in the trinity to be saved, but it is the core doctrine. No, it's not. And they say, wrong Christ, wrong salvation. Yes, that's true. He who believes Jesus is the Messiah is born of God. Not he who believes Jesus is God and the Messiah is born of God. They always like to add things to Scripture. Okay. Jesus said, eternal life is knowing the Father as the only true God and Jesus the Messiah who that God sent. That's it. One God, no mention of a third person, by the way. It's not knowing. And and Paul said, we have but one God, the Father And we have but one Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Okay. No mention of a third person, which would be really, you know, really peculiar of why this third person is always getting left out. Okay. He's not in there because he doesn't exist as a person. It's the Spirit of the Father. We touch on this also. So it's circling back all the time. And I know I repeat myself, but I'm trying to drive a point home over and over again. Okay. Does anybody teach a Trinity? No. Okay, does anybody teach Jesus as God? No, we can't use Matthew 20, 28, or Matthew, uh, John 20, 28, sorry, about Thomas declaring, my Lord and my God, because we can already see that they kept asking to see the Father. Show us the Father. Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. Do you believe the Father in me does his works? To see me is to see the Father. Don't you believe this? So when Jesus saw his resurrected, or (laughs) when Thomas saw his resurrected Messiah, He saw and perceived his God, okay? He said, my Lord, which is Jesus, and he perceived God the Father who just raised Jesus from the dead. He understood. He saw the Father. If you see me, you see the Father. If you see me, you see the one who sent me. So they hang on to riddles, and immediately after, John said, I wrote everything so you would understand Jesus is the Son of God, which John never would have done if he wanted us just a second earlier to make us, come to the understanding that Thomas realized that there was God almighty standing before Je- before Thomas with puncture wounds and Th- and Thomas put his hands into his side and goes oh this is yode vave i mean common sense would show you that <laughs> what would make Thomas all of a sudden think Jesus was God almighty in the flesh if he if he was raised from the dead here is Jesus as 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 a man who was raised from the dead with puncture wounds and then Thomas comes to the conclusion that Jesus is Yodevave? Come on. I mean, come on. So, common sense, again, is very critical, and that's one of the reasons why I made this podcast again. I come up with all kinds of memes, and I put them on Facebook, that talk about the insanity of this, you know, the the soldiers protecting God, because clearly Jesus taught his disciples that he was God. So when the soldiers come to arrest Jesus, the disciples push Jesus back and they protect God and slice off the ear of one soldier. Stand back, God, I got your back." And Jesus says, "Oh, thank you. This is, you're a gift from heaven. Thank you so much for protecting me. Come on, okay, God does not need to be protected. They certainly would have said, "Hey, Jesus, what are you doing? You know You could destroy these people with a lightning bolt right now. Okay They wouldn't split town when jesus is is, is being arrested and stuff because they would know that he's God. He can protect himself, you know. So my podcasts are very informal, but I go through the the common sense um, illustrations of why it's important to use common sense when we read scripture. And, And when we put things in visual representation, it shows the insanity of the Trinity, okay? I have memes that show... You know Jesus speaking of the woman at the well, and she's saying that Messiah is to come, and Jesus says, "I am He." And she says, "Oh, really?" And he says, "Yes, but I'm also God." You know, and she's confused because she doesn't expect the Messiah to be God. Okay, a lot of these, a lot of these things with Jesus having discussions about who he is, and 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 him, him basically letting the apostles know that he is God and he is part of the Trinity, and how those discussions would go. Of course, it's never mentioned in the Bible. There's not a single instance. And you know for a fact there would be outrage in the Jewish world if he was teaching a three-person God. It would be in there, they would say, you know, what is this triune God that you're speaking of? Or God is one, he's not one in three persons, okay. The the Jews were given the Shema by God, and he gave it to them from the beginning, okay, from in its totality. And he certainly would have relayed, hey, by the way, I'm three persons. They would have started this off from the very beginning. The fact that God didn't do this. If he's a trinity, makes God a liar. And I can't trust, I can't trust a liar. It makes Jesus the equivocator, the father, the prevaricator. And I can't trust those people. I can't. Because they were deceptive. They were very bad communicators. Okay? I could say in 10 seconds what they could not say throughout the entire mission of Jesus Christ. Okay? And the apostles as well. I can't trust these people If Jesus is God or God is a trinity, I would put down my Bible and I would, I would dump Christianity in a heartbeat. If I, if I found out that God is a trinity, even, even if I found out it was true, I would dump it because I can't trust a God like that. I would, I would go, okay, the Bible teaches this, but obviously it's false because God is a liar and God is not a liar. So I would determine at that point that Christianity is a lie. Okay. And I would probably look at Judaism. I I wouldn't follow a God that's a liar like that. The fact of the matter is God didn't lie. Okay? Satan does. Satan puts his twist on all of these things. So Unitarianism, stick to the truth. Unitarians, stick to the truth. Don't let your emotions run wild. You know, People run into all kinds of problems when they run on emotion. What does Scripture say? Always turn to Scripture. Jesus said the Father is the only true God. That's not negotiable. Okay, Trinitarians will put their twist. Well, he said, and Jesus Christ. They do this, okay? Satan does this, okay? So, it's true that we're a small minority. It doesn't matter. The only reason is, is because it was illegal to believe in anything but the Trinity. They would persecute you and murder you. What does that tell you about the spirit of the Trinity? What about love your enemies? The Trinity has been born out of, you know, murder and persecution. Father Tertullian admitted in his letter to Paraxes. You can Google it. Father Tertullian's letter to Paraxes and read page three. Okay, it's at advent.org and they have other sites. This is a historical fact that he wrote, he said, I will not consider them wise, unwise, or unlearned. But the majority of Christians are coming against us with the idea of our three-person and one. They reject it. Okay. So even at that time, as the gospel was being perverted, you know, Paul was writing his epistles, and he said, You know, that I'm astonished that you have come so early. To perverting the gospel of Christ, you know, he, he's already letting us know that that people were already teaching a false gospel. Even had his writing, and then they later came up with two powers of God, you know, and and all of these Jewish sect sect entered the picture and deviated from the truth, and that's why, geez, how many denominations do we have? Forty thousand or so. Okay, we have forty thousand or so. We have Jehovah Witness, Mormonism. It's a it's a soup sandwich. It's a disaster. People need to return truth, the simple truth. Okay, we can see the lies in the Jehovah Witness. Jesus is not the angel Michael. Okay, we can see the lies in the Mormonism faith. Okay, but Unitarianism stands strong. You can't have a Muslim. All Muslims can say is, no, Jesus was not the Messiah, and he really didn't die and raise from the dead. That's it. They don't have an excuse against Unitarianism. They don't have. Silly analogies, okay? Everything we believe makes sense. He was a man, God raised him from the dead and he sits at God's right hand because that's what Bible teaches. We don't have these things and have these constant questions that we can't answer, okay? We don't have God coming down to reward God, to be obedient to God and then God sits at God's right hand for learning to be obedient and being made perfect. It's insanity because it bypasses humanity, okay? Trinitarians will say that God is triune because God is love. Well, that means God was in love with himself. It's not hard to love yourself for all eternity, is it? That would be like me giving myself a hug every day and say, I love you so much. You're such a great person. Look at you. Look how beautiful you are. I love your eyes. I mean, that's a selfish God. What about humanity? Poor little Adam back there. He failed and sinned. Now, what does God do? Well, Adam couldn't do it. And I don't really don't trust humanity at all. So I'm going to send myself down. And I can't sin. I can't ever fail. So it really, it really was terrible being you, Adam. I'm sorry, bro, but I'm going to have to do this myself. And I'm going to go through what you did, but <laughs> I can't fail anyway. So it makes me think of Adam in a lot bigger light when God himself sweat, sweated blood and tears and was trying to go through temptation, being tempted by the devil. And here's Adam, you know, as a man, and I'm, I'm sure that he probably maybe got tempted by Satan before I'm sure that's not the the first time that he was tempted, maybe it is, but my point is is if Jesus was God, he couldn't fail, and he couldn't he couldn't be tempted in the first place. It was all a mirage, it was all a smoke stream, smoke stream. It was basically Jesus tooting his own horn, okay I don't like that. I don't like that version of Jesus. I like the fact that he was a man and that he went through all of the things like we did to illustrate what we can do when we lean on God. Now, if Jesus was God, it doesn't set an example for us because God leaned on God. How do we know that Jesus didn't turn off his pain when he was on the cross and used his divine nature and just acted like he was in pain? We don't know, okay? This is where insanity enters the picture. Jesus was fully human. Read Romans 5, okay? Romans 5.15, Romans 5.17, I believe, 5.12. It talks about a man. That's the beauty of it. The beauty is that a man brought us out into redemption. You know, Adam failed. Jesus did what Adam could not do, or failed to do, I should say. Adam had a chance. Adam was sinless for a long time. He was sinless and blameless before God. The Bible says this. Adam fell. Sin entered the world, modified DNA. People inherited that DNA. Now, Jesus Christ was created as Adam was in a different way spiritually, right, Adam was created from the earth. Jesus was created from the spirit, but they were both human. okay Adam had no parents. Jesus had a mother. They were both created differently, but they were both fully human, one hundred percent man and and both had the exact same advantage, okay Adam had an advantage to not sin. Jesus did too but but Jesus did what Adam failed to do, okay That's the beauty of it. That wouldn't make any sense, like I said, for Jesus to be God. so again, I know I'm kind of going back and forth on this. And I appreciate you listening, but again, use common sense and just think about what the apostles teach. Do the apostles teach the Trinitarian doctrine of Jesus' is God doctrine? Absolutely not. Does Jesus run around teaching, I'm God in the flesh? Absolutely not. Before Abraham was and I, I am, I mean, come on. We're tossing 99% of the Bible into the trash can to hang on to these riddles and try to reverse engineer a theology. We're trying to say, okay, these verses mean this and this and this, but we're dismissing the rest of the Bible, right? I mean, that's kind of like going into a, a, a banquet and you have all of this meal in front of you and you claim to be hungry because you don't have, you have a chicken nugget on your plate and you're looking at it and it's not very much food, but out there 10 feet in front of you is the banquet, okay? And you're complaining, wow, I'm hungry. How am I, you know, this chicken nugget here is not gonna be very filling. Well, look up, look up, look at the banquet. The biblical Unitarianism belief system is the banquet, okay? Trinitarianism is the little cold chicken finger on your, on your plate. There's nothing there, okay? It's, not, it's nothing of substance. It's, it's nothing compared to the totality of the Bible, okay? So the beauty of the truth is in Unitarianism, there are no excuses. Everything fits perfectly together. We can see this, and it's very hard to admit that you're wrong, okay? It's very hard to admit, boy... I've been deceived for all these years, but the fact is that people come out of the Unitarian uh, out of the Trinity belief system all the time. And what they say is the Bible makes more sense now. It flows. Before they were confused, now it's just wow. But they don't they don't want to give up the divinity of Jesus because they feel like they're they're doing Jesus a disservice. That's not true. By being a trinitarian, you're doing Jesus a disservice because you're following something that he never spoke of. Okay? We're defending the Father and Jesus. What Trinitarians do is they destroy the role of the Father and everything's about Jesus and they don't follow the teachings of Christ. So I'll leave you with this again. John seventeen three. Jesus was a man and Jesus said, Father, let them know you, the only true God, and Jesus the Messiah who you have sent. This is eternal life. That they know you, Father, as the only true God and Jesus the Christ. Unitarians believe this. Okay, the Bible says he who believes Jesus is the Messiah is born of God, the Christ. That's it. Not he who believes Jesus is God. So they push the Trinitarians push a false doctrine, and that's the simple truth. Again, hang on to Scripture, Unitarians. Hang on to Scripture. It doesn't matter if we are if we are condemned by the world. The world said we would be. It doesn't matter if we lose friends. The world said that. He would bring a sword, right? And that sword is division among families because some people would reject truth and they would hang on to the popular traditional belief system that's created by man of this world. So are you going to be of this world or are you going to be of heaven? The choice is yours, my friends. God bless you.